Success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. We have a treat for you. I know I say that all the time, but I mean it this time for real. We have the first male guest on the She's Invincible podcast, and I am so excited to bring his knowledge and expertise to you today. So your life will be changed right here, right now, when you hear his expertise, his talents, and his passion for what he does and impact that he's making in the world. So let me introduce Dr. Michael Carfelt, ND, PhD, runs a busy integrative medicine center, the Carfelt Center in Boise, Idaho, focusing on naturopathic oncology, autoimmune disorders, Lyme and other chronic infections, brain and neuroinflammatory conditions, anti-aging and preventative medicine. You can reach him at thecarlfeldcenter.com. He was born in Sweden and has been in clinical practice since 1987. He was the host of the Dr. Michael Show, which aired 100 episodes discussing important health-related topics. Currently, he hosts the TV show, True Health, Body, Mind, Spirit, available on Amazon Prime and the radio show Health Made Radio, where he connects with international leaders in the integrative health arena. His newest venture is the launch of a life-saving podcast, Integrative Cancer Solutions. You can find it today on iTunes and celebrate with us the launch of his top-rated podcast on iTunes that is going to change the world. Dr. Carvel, thank you for being here. Welcome. Welcome. Um, it's exciting to celebrate and have you be the first man to be interviewed on our podcast. Well, I feel really honored and I don't know, you know, I feel everything that you said there. I think we can just finish the show right now. That was awesome. <laughs> well, I love that. And that is just a, a tribute to all of your accomplishments and just, I can't believe all that you're doing all at one time, a TV show, a radio show. You have a, a huge practice in Idaho and now you're launching a podcast and seriously, you know, no one, we don't need to tell the people that are listening that you have a passion passion to help people. And I love that. I am passionate about those things. And it is just so great to be here with you and to have this time to share what you are passionate about and the way that you are impacting the world in health, oncology, and all of the amazing things that you're doing yourself and those that are associated with your practice. Well, it, it, it's such a 
it's so there's so much information that's out there in, in, in the integrative health field. So it, it's it's so fun to share and kind of bring that information and tap into the leaders all over the world. And now when, when I'm launching this new podcast, you know, to really focus on something that is, uh, I would say, plaguing mankind. If we're looking at a pandemic, I would say cancer is probably one of the biggest pandemics that we're dealing with. I mean, we're, we're looking at like, you know, pretty much one out of two at some point is going to be diagnosed with this lethal disease. So, you know, for me, whatever I can do in order to be able to, you know, just bring some information that would, you know, potentially save somebody's life. And, and that, I've, I mean, I think that is, a, uh, yeah, that's my duty to be able to do that when I have that information. Uh, you know, and I love and appreciate that so much. And that is so de- near and dear to my heart. I don't think that you know this. I don't think I mentioned this, but my father and my father-in-law both passed away from cancer. So, you know, I when I listen to you and I hear, you know, what you're teaching and, and the practice that you have and your approach to cancer treatment is so near and dear to my heart. And my only regret is that I didn't meet you sooner uh, because yeah, because I know it would have made a difference, but you know, we'll make a difference with all the rest of the world. And I truly believe that, you know, knowledge is power, action is power, right? So the more aware we are and the action steps that we take, uh, we're going to, we're going to have a better chance of fighting this. As you said, it's, it's, a plague or a pandemic. It's worse than all of that. So let's do this. Let's tell our listeners how you got where you are today. Where did this all start? And, uh, and how'd you get here? Tell us a little about that journey. Well, believe it or not, I actually started to, to, you know, studying to become an engineer. And uh, my dream was to become a particle physicist and go to Stanford university and and study little particles. And uh, so what happened is that a gentleman, he was kind of like a father figure to me. He was one of the leading nature paths in Sweden. I'm, I'm born in, in Stockholm, Sweden. So, uh, uh, yeah, so we, we, I, yeah, in Sweden, like if we're talking about the, the coronavirus, you know, we, we dealt with that differently, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit different, a little bit later on. Uh, so he said, well, why don't you just kind of check out and see what I do here at my clinic and uh, see if this is something that you like. And uh, I was visiting his clinic and it was in the northern part of Sweden and, and I fell in love with it. And I really saw the impact in people's lives of what he was doing. And uh, I was weighing the options between should I be in a lab for the rest of my life, you know, studying, you know, impersonal little particles and and accelerate them and and see what happens or can i connect with people and be with people and and have an impact in their life that way and and to me this was actually the human being is such a fascinating uh, piece of machinery it's such a mystery and and it's uh, if if you're wanting to always learn then be around people you know people will always drive you to more understanding and more knowledge so so that is what I chose. And so uh, that was back, uh, yeah, that was back in, in the 80s. And, and I started in clinical practice working with uh, uh, my father figure, you know, that was uh, my mentor and, uh, you know, studying naturopathy. And, and that was back. So I've been doing this ever since 1987. Uh, it's been hundreds and thousands of patient interactions, yeah, since then. So a lot of patients. 
I love that. And yeah. tell us what you do at the Carfeld Center. Yeah, so we, I'm, I am a naturopathic doctor. And uh, what that means is that we focus on healing the body through natural means. And we, we recognize that the body has an innate intelligence within itself. And if you support it appropriately, it has the ability to heal itself. So we, we look upon the body as, as the, the best doctor there is. So that is, I started then in, in soul practice. And as you can understand, you know, starting in 87, you know, things have evolved quite a bit. So now, uh, I mean, we I just had a staff meeting and, and we, we filled, you know, two rooms. So it was, it was just packed with people. Uh, and we have several different uh, doctors. So it's not just myself. We do orthopedic care. We do uh, family, you know, just family medicine. Uh, we do regenerative medicine, we do uh, uh, brain regeneration. Uh, so these are different doctors that are heading these uh, programs. And myself, I focus on uh, naturopathic care just in itself. And with a specialty, I really focus quite a bit on integrative oncology. So I have patients flying in from all over the United States to uh, go through the programs that we offer, which are, which are quite unique. It's actually not very many in the United States that do what we do, um, and uh, and it's really exciting to see. Uh, it's really fun to be on the kind of that cutting edge where you're you're pushing uh, the integrative cancer field to improve your results and and see the impact in people's lives. That is amazing. So amazing. So um, one of the things that I want to ask you, and then I want, I would love to get into some of your cancer health and tips and things like that. But one of my questions is how has this pandemic uh, affected like cancer diagnosis and also cancer treatments? I know that that's tricky. Uh, and how, how has that changed with what you're doing? So the, the biggest challenge actually right in the middle of the pandemic was that a lot of my patients that also see a medical oncologist uh, were not able to get into the hospital to do their treatment or meet their oncologist. So it's, it's almost like you know, cancer became less deadly than the virus, and uh, which, which was really upsetting, obviously, for a lot of them. And uh, it was a, a period... It was just kind of a few weeks that we uh, went to telemedicine and it was just more to uh, kind of feel out what was going on. Uh, and uh, we, we actually, one of our cancer patients, you know, her uh, father was so upset that we were not uh, seeing patients in the office. So he, he literally called the governor you know, to, to tell him that he, he needs to change something because yeah, if he didn't, his his daughter was going to die, and uh, uh, so, uh, and we she was the first first patient when we open up. You know, we we get her into the clinic and and get her going, and and, and she's doing great. Yeah, she's dealing with uh, tumors in the brain, and and yeah, it started in it started in the breast and went to kind of lungs and liver and brain and bone and yeah, all over the place, and uh, uh, we. We actually initially treated her, I believe it was a couple of years ago. Uh, she's doing doing great now. It, it was kind of more of a, uh, a, a boost treatment, so to say, because we hadn't seen her for quite some time. That is amazing. And here her father was her advocate and he went right to the 
right to the politicians, right? They want our vote. They better listen to us, right? Like oh my gosh. Their salary. So they, they better, yeah. you know, they should listen to us. <laughs> yes. And yeah, really they work for us, right? They should work for us if it's, if it works out the right way. Wow. What an amazing story. And so now things are open. And so the, the patients are getting their treatments now. Yeah. So we, we are, we're functioning full, full force right now. I mean, we, we had a little changes within the office where we didn't have the same traffic. We slowed down the flow of patients. Um, and uh, we also limited the amount of people that could be in the lobby. And for a while we did kind of drive up, you know, a lobby. So people wait in the car and then when it was time for their appointment. Uh, you know, somebody came and got them and, and brought them into the room. So we made some initial adjustments, but as the death rate uh, is, you know, has really dropped tremendously. Uh, we, we feel that it, it's not that much of a threat. Yeah, and, and also talking to a lot of different uh, researchers in this field and, uh, and seeing what their opinion is and, and what the appropriate action would be. Uh, we, we feel very secure and being full force in, in our clinic. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So let's do this. Let's jump right in and talk about cancer health, therapy tips, all the things you do, how you're working with other, you know, medical doctors and coordinating treatments. Like we want to hear it all. And yeah, and no, you know, there's so many questions around this, you know, when people get a cancer diagnosis, it's, you know, it's scary. And they, you know, unfortunately, uh, we don't, educate ourselves around this until we actually have a reason to, right? So if it, and so if we've not been touched by it in the past and, and then we get a diagnosis, that's when we go into that panic mode. And, you know, as a patient, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, find out everything I can find out right now while I'm going through this scary thing and I don't feel good. Right. So I feel like this is so valuable to like, put this out here and tell people, you know, what they should be doing, how they, you know, what they can learn now and be prepared just in case. And, and, and it is fascinating. We're looking at something that is so prevalent and, and still people don't prepare. They, they don't consider what they need to do in order to minimize their risk. I mean, obviously there's, you, you can never hundred percent prevent something, but you can take steps to reduce a risk. You know, like if you're driving a car, you know, yes, the likelihood you're going to be in an accident may not be that, that big, but you still wear a seatbelt. You know, just just in case, and it should be the same when you're thinking of cancer. I mean, if if you one out of two is going to be diagnosed, so then you're at everyone's at high risk. So then you should uh, try to consider the appropriate steps to to minimize the risk. And uh, so the the podcast that I'm I, I'm launching, which I mean, and and it's pretty much as an answer to all the patients coming into me, uh, and the thing is that they all of a sudden they, they're diagnosed and here comes the issue again. They were not prepared and they did not have a lifestyle. They did not have really anything that uh, put them in a place to reduce that risk. So all of a sudden now they got to figure it all out all at once. And uh, we know the traditional care model, you know, the medical model, it hasn't changed much since Nixon declared war on, on cancer. And uh, the results haven't really changed that much since it declared war on cancer. So obviously that model is, is it only takes us so far. So we, then we need to fill in the gaps. We need to 
really kind of look at other options that are available that uh, is not answered within that model, within the medical model. So a, a cancer patient that then comes in to me, you know, they, they got to figure it all out at once. I mean, here, their life depends on it. And a lot of times these things sneak up. You have somebody coming in and, and they felt great and they have great energy and, and they're diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, you know, which gives you another three months left to live. So all of a sudden you have to figure out, you know, uh, what supplement should I take? You know, what kind of treatment should I take? Should I do only uh, chemotherapy or should I do that in combination with, you know, other nutritional therapies, integrative therapies, you know, what, what should I do? What is best for me? And, and to me, the best answer comes from the people that have gone and gone through it before you, so that you can look and see this individual was where I was, where, where I'm at right now. And this is what they did. And they're here to talk about it. You know, to me, that is, that is the best uh, reassurance that an individual can have. And, and that is why uh, I launched this podcast, because I feel that these answers need to be out there. and People need to have access to this information as quickly as possible, as, as soon as they're diagnosed, and they can uh, listen to other people's stories and, and really see, you know, oh, this, this resonates with me. This is what I need to do. And they were successful, so let me follow that model. So that's amazing. So uh, here's a question that just kind of popped up: is how um, how is like for someone that gets that diagnosis for say where you're saying like they could just have three months to live? How does that nutritional therapy change that diagnosis? And and it's actually amazing. We we've had pancreatic cancer, and uh, it, was, it was funny. I, I had. Well, not funny. Uh, this was early 2000, so let's, let's say 20 years ago. Yeah, that's how long I've been dealing with uh, working with cancer. Uh, I had a gentleman; he could barely get into the office. Yeah, and he's failed chemo patient. I mean, there's nothing that could be done. He was dealing with pancreatic, and like I mentioned, that's one of the ones that you only have a few months left to live once you're diagnosed. And you know, exhausted, couldn't do anything, and. Uh, at that time, I didn't have all the tools that I have now. I mean, I mean, must say the, uh, the integrative cancer care has gone so far since that time. So with the tools that I had available at that time, uh, within a week, he was up on the roof, fixing the roof, full of energy, felt great. And he lived many, many more years. You know, he did die from pancreatic cancer. But it, he, I believe it was an additional five years that he was given feeling great the whole time. You know, so after he passed away, uh, his wife called me and, and you know, just was so, so grateful for those years that, that, you know, that you know, had been given her. So there are things to do uh, even when something so severe you know, that uh, even though you have a, a death sentence, because that's what a lot of uh, medical oncologists like to do is that you have X amount of time left to live uh, as if they are God to tell you when you're supposed to die. And uh, so the challenge then becomes it, for a, a patient or for an individual is to say that, no, I mean, they have no idea. Only God knows when I'm supposed to leave. And meanwhile, I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that I 
live and enjoy this life for as long as possible in the most healthy way. So uh, utilizing the therapies I would do, a lot of the intravenous therapies, you know, oxygen therapies, uh, diet therapies, uh, detoxification therapies, you know, the, uh, it, it really changes a picture. And we, we use a, uh, as I said, the, the cutting edge therapy is called photodynamic therapy. It's an anti-tumor photodynamic therapy. And, and what that is, is that you introduce a photosensitizer intravenously. And that photosensitizer accumulates in cancer cells. So normal cells spit it out and cancer cells hold on to it. And a photosensitizer, what they do, it, uh, what it does is that it attracts light to itself. So then we use an intravenous laser light into, in addition to an external laser light. So it's a true laser with the color that matches that photosensitizer. So meaning that that is the frequency that photosensitizer will draw in. And, uh, and what that does, and in addition to then prepping the cancer cell with oxygen, so we use hyperbaric oxygen therapy, intravenous ozone therapy, and another machine called, called Hockett, which also uh, increases the oxygen within the cancer cell. And then when you blast that cancer cell with light uh, and that photosensor draws the light in, it uses the oxygen to actually create what's called reactive oxygen species, or literally it, it oxidizes the cancer cell. So oxidation, you know, like rust of, of iron, you know, that's oxidation. And so it literally oxidizes the cancer cell, killing it. So it's, it's really, it's like targeted integrative nutritional therapy, you know, just for cancer cells and all the other cells, they are just strengthened and they they're, they feel happier and, and stronger with, with the therapy, you know, which, which is really cool. And it's something that can be used uh, as a standalone therapy with or without uh, chemo. Uh, but we are, uh, yeah, it works very, very well with chemo as well. That is amazing. Does it have the same or any side effects like chemo or is this just a, a bonus kind of thing where it just feels good and it's doing a job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it is not like chemo at all because chemo is indiscriminate. I mean, it, it just goes after everything. Yeah. And this becomes very targeted. So and uh, the cancer cells become impacted, but the healthy cells are not impacted. But like you mentioned, they do get bonus, meaning this light for the healthy cells, what it does, it actually turns on the mitochondria and supports the, uh, supports the health and the immune system of the rest of the body. Uh, so it, it, it really, in addition to boosting your system, making your immune system stronger and healthier, uh, and it at the same time then goes after the cancer. That is amazing. That yeah. is so, that just is so amazing to me and I'm sure to others as well. So is there like a play, a time when you might get a cancer patient and it's too late and you can't treat them or do you treat everyone if they come to you? I, I would say if, if a patient comes in and their blood levels, you know, you have electrolytes are being all over the place, you know, kidneys are shutting down, liver shutting down, uh, they can't eat. You know, I've had a few of those patients that uh, it, I am not the place to go. I mean, you, you pre- pretty much need to go and, and be under you know, just at the hospital and so that they can monitor you continually. Uh, so I've, I've had to 
Um, like for instance, I had a, a young boy that they, they drove all the way from California. Uh, I mean, he's it's a sweet, sweet young boy. And uh, uh, they were trying, they, they knew the type of therapies that I were doing and they were finally got him out out of uh, the Mayo, I believe it was the Mayo Clinic. Uh, and uh, they, they got him out and they drove him to our, you know, to California because he was too sick to fly. Uh, and, uh, but when he got to me and we looked at the blood levels of everything, uh, he, he, he was just a, not a good candidate. Yeah. Cause his, his system was just so shutting down. So at, at that time, I'm, I'm not the person. Yeah. And, you know, I love what you said about like, you know, doctors trying to play God, like saying how much time you have, because even in that case, right, you know, you can't play God, but you want to get him into the place that's going to be the best place for him at that time. And, you know, no one knows when you're going to go. Right. And here's another side to that is that I have I know some many people, but uh, in particular, one person, you know, most people think when they get cancer that it's their death sentence, right? Um, I, I know people who had cancer and they fought it and they beat it and they died from something else. You know, I had one of the sweetest, dearest friends of mine was being treated for cancer and she was going to her treatment and it was icy on the walkway and she forgot her sweater and she turned around to run back in her house and get her sweater and she slipped on the steps and smacked her head and passed away. Like, you know, so, so when, when I have other friends who tell me, you know, they got a bad diagnosis, I don't want to be, you know, not sympathetic or empathetic, but at the same time, I'm like, you could cross the street and your life could be taken. You have no idea how you're going to go, when you're going to go, you know, and your job is to do whatever it is you're here on this earth to do until that time comes. Right. And so, but you know, it's hard to say that to people and it's easier to say it when you're not going through it. So, um, but I, but like, I, I feel like I always am trying to encourage people like, listen, just because you have cancer doesn't mean you're going to pass away from cancer. And, and, and that, that is really, it, that is really important for people to understand. And that also, also, you know, the, the podcast that that's actually launching today, you know, which is really, really cool. I'm really excited about it to kind of follow it and then see how it's doing. And, and uh, yeah, it's going to be really awesome. But the, the thing is, is that if you get to hear these stories of people that have gotten a very grim diagnosis where, you know, a doctor say that, you know, you have X amount of time to live and here they are, you know, which means that whatever that doctor said is, is not the truth. And so it is important to understand that it is not a death sentence. There are things out there that can then support your body to correct itself. And the body has an amazing ability to, uh, to regain strength and health. And, and to me, I look upon, you also have then the emotional component of cancer. You know, I, I look upon cancer as cells that have lost their identity. You know, so a lot of times when we as an individual in some way are losing our identity, we are then uh, promoting that process. You know, we're promoting cancerous activity. We're promoting cells that are confused who they are. So it, it is in addition to working on it and physically, it is very important to work on it emotionally and spiritually. And I know for, 
for one one lady that we just treated i mean she she looked like you know death's door when when she came into the clinic and uh and so we were working on her and and i uh, even a, a dear friend of mine that is uh she uh marla breeze yeah uh, she is a and uh, she's a psychic she wrote the book american psychic yeah really really cool girl so I, I I chatted with her a little bit also about this patient because I felt that there was something there that was interfering with her ability to heal, and uh, and then we're locating that there there's a, a fear that she was holding, and uh, and that that fear and we were, uh, met with a patient when we went through it, and uh, we were able to identify what that was, and she had this this amazing. Yeah, I mean, she was she was crying. She was, I mean, all this kind of catharsis taking place, and uh, and then after she left with the two week protocol that we had, and and she came home. I mean, she's amazing. She she was energy was great. She was starting to ride a bike. She was starting to. I mean, it was just this huge turnaround. And here's another individual that it's just uh, you know chemotherapy and all these things. You know, medically, it's just palliative care, meaning that she's not supposed to live and here she's feeling great energy is great and feeling emotionally great and she just feels her old body's just buzzing with energy and, and feeling awesome so um yeah it, it's it's really really cool to see that way I love that. And I was actually going to ask you this and then I thought, no, I won't, but now we're going there. So yeah. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about mindset. Like, as you're talking about this, because like my understanding is that, you know, when you're faced with something like cancer, it's going to take the mind, the emotions, the physical, like every part of it to, to really conquer and have that win and overcome those things. So tell me like, how, how do you, put that into your practice well i mean it is the mentality when when you're faced with something so overwhelming like cancer like a a lot of patients what they do is that it's almost like they give up meaning that they uh, it's like us dropping off the car on friday and picking up on monday just have somebody fix the car and then let me just pick it up so they're almost thinking of their bodies in the same way meaning that i don't know how to do this this is overwhelming it's too much uh, I'm just going to do what the doctor tells me to do. Uh, that mindset, actually, uh, you're much more likely to die from cancer. And, and that's been proven. If you have that mindset uh, versus the mindset where you take control over your own situation and you feel you're in control and you feel you're in a power position and you drive your own care, you know, that mindset is, is healing in itself. And that boosts the immune system and, and it, it actually shifts the body into more of a healing mode uh, to correct the imbalances that, that are there. So mindset is, is huge. And in addition to that, then, like I mentioned, working on the emotional component, that is huge. And then also your spiritual, you know, what, what is your relationship to a higher power, to God, to Buddha, to, you know, wh- whoever, whatever religion that you're part of it is important that you develop that connect and connection so that you don't feel alone. You feel connected and grounded uh, in who you are and in your environment. That is amazing. That, yeah. And I thought that was all true, but I'm like, let me just ask him. So he's, he's right here with me. So let's do this. I would love for you to share some things for our listeners that they can do to lower their risk. I mean, I know, 
I, my understanding is some cancers are hereditary. Some are kind of self-inflicted by lifestyle and environment. So let's talk about that because I think it's, in my opinion, it's easier to prevent it than it is to fix it once you get there. So yeah. Could you share a little? Absolutely. So, um, and, 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 and you said something really important. You were talking about genetic, you know, versus and lifestyle and, and nutrition. And what they've seen is that lifestyle and nutrition accounts for, I would say, about 90% of everything. So genes is a very, very small amount. And we have something called epigenetics, which means that how we live, how we think, changes our genes' behavior. So even though we may have a genetic uh, predisposition to have cancer, now the way we live will then turn that genetic disposition on or off. So that's why it's so very important to uh, to really kind of take uh, kind of check at your life and and see what am I doing to minimize the risk and things to do is that one you want to make sure that you live uh, that you eat an uh, eat an alkaline type of diet you know which means stay away from things that are acidic and what is acidic well white flour white sugar. Uh, bad quality fats, uh, pesticides, you know, so you want to make sure that you eat organic food, especially if you're dealing with, uh, if you're concerned about hormonal cancers like breast cancer, ovarian uh, for men, then prostate, endometrial, you know, so forth. Uh, all these different chemicals, what they do is that they function like estrogen. So they will actually drive estrogenic uh, cancers forward. And you're more likely than to develop, you know, these type of cancers. So it is really important to make sure that you eat high quality organic type of foods. And then you want to make sure that you support your gut. I mean, your gut is about 70 to 80% of your immune system. So if you have a leaky gut or your gut is inflamed, that's going to translate into inflammation all over the body. And inflammation is the driving factor for cancer. You know, there's no cancer that comes about without inflammation preceding it. So if you can control inflammation, you're able then to control, uh, you're able to control your cancer as well. So, you know, eating becomes huge. And then exercising. Uh, if you, the people that exercise more, uh, they're less likely to develop cancer, you know, because uh, and they've seen that when you keep your, your blood sugar you know, lower, you know, cancer, and cancer thrives in a high sugar type of environment. You know, because cancer, what it does is that it then uh, uses a different type of pathway to produce energy. So it actually brings in sugar and then ferments it. So if you have a huge amount of sugar, you're then shifting a lot of cells more into that fermentation cycle where is using sugar and ferments it, and that starts to then drive that cancer process. So uh, exercising to kind of keep your, your blood sugar uh, low, uh, it becomes really, really important. And then, like, like I mentioned, you're, you, you gotta do kind of a, an emotional uh, check you know, of yourself. You know, what, what kind of traumas am I carrying? What kind of belief systems am I carrying? that are, are not good for me. You know, they, they need to be resolved. You need to go through them because otherwise they are just stored somewhere. Uh, and, and the body, like anger, you know, for instance, it, it's notorious to be stored in, in the liver. 
or fear, notorious friend, the kidneys, or grief, notorious friend, the lungs. So the body will then choose to store these emotions somewhere. And whatever that place is, that place is not going to function appropriately. So it's more likely that them to become cancerous in that area. So uh, food-wise and for, for women, you know, make sure that you eat, bring in cruciferous foods, you know, like broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. You know, these are, are very good to clean out some of these uh, excess estrogens that, that I was talking about. So, uh, and you, you want to make sure that that is, is done uh, continually. You know, make sure that you have a good quality fiber, you know, that, or you eat food that is high in fiber. And that will bind to a lot of toxic substances in the intestinal tract that will, and uh, that have a likelihood to make you, uh, you know, to produce cancer. Uh, you want to make sure that you, uh, your energy, your thyroid is function appropriately, because if your thyroid is low, your immune system is low, and then you're less likely to be able to you know, fight off cancer cells. Um, so, and then we're talking about the EMF. You know, you, we got these cell phones. They've, they've seen that an individual that walks around with a cell phone you know, close to their, their head, they're more likely to develop brain cancer on that side. Or women that have it in, in their pocket over their breast or kind of inside the bra, uh, they, they've actually seen cancers are the exact same shape as a cell phone, you know, that they had right there. So when, if you, when you're using cell phone, try to, you know, have it on speaker or, uh, and then don't carry it around on your person if you don't need to, you know, if you're in the car, then put it in the seat by you. And, uh, so all these, all these little things, you know, they all add up and I, I call it the bucket effect. You know, you, you have all these factors and, and you know, it's not that one is going to make the bucket spill over, but when you add all these you know, on top of each other, then that becomes, it fills the bucket and all of a sudden you become symptomatic and, and now you're looking at cancer. So um, yeah, so those, those are uh, little tidbits. I mean, obviously there's so much more <laughs> to it. Yes, for sure. And that's what I was going to ask you too, is, is there a place where our listeners can go where they can find all of your research, any, um, you know, videos that you've done or any teachings or papers you've written? Uh, where, where can they get that? Well, I mean, they, it, my website is, is obviously it's, it's a great, uh, uh, that's where I keep all my information. So you can go to, you can just type in cancer literally on my website in the search bar and you'll see all the different radio shows that I've done uh, where I've interviewed uh, leading integrative uh, cancer doctors you know, throughout the world. Like uh, Dr. Paul Anderson would, would be one, Dr. Uh, Neil McKinney, Dr. Dominic D'Agostino. Yeah, and so these, these are uh, people that are leaders in the world in their field. Uh, Dr. Michael Weber, yeah, which is the one that uh, is driving the type of therapy that we're using at our center. And we are working in conjunction with him and also other, uh, other centers in Mexico to really compare what we're all doing to make sure that we are uh, being as effective as possible in what we're doing. So yeah, going on my website, uh, you can see all these different uh, uh, posts, articles were written in addition to then all these different uh, shows that I've done. Uh, you can read the uh, Townsend letter article that, that I did in regards to you know, the importance of 
uh, mitochondria and how that guides uh, cancer cells, whether they are uh, able to to go through normal cell death or if they are going to be immortal. So uh, turning on the mitochondria with things like you know, Metatrol Pro or PolyMVA, yeah, it pushes them cancer cells towards cell death you know, rather than staying in that fermentation cycle where they can live forever. So yeah, it's a huge amount of information on my website. Then obviously check out my new podcast. <laughs> yes, which is what I was about to say too, is as soon as you finish listening to this episode, we want you to jump right over, stay on iTunes, get over to the Integrative Cancer Solutions search for that one. We want to make sure that you hit the subscribe button on the top. We want to make sure that you put that you press all the little plus signs next to every episode. You don't have to listen to them all at one time, but you want to press every one of them so you can get them downloaded on your phone. And then one last step is to scroll to the bottom where you can hit a five-star rating and give a fabulous review uh, about one of the episodes that you've listened to. And we appreciate your support. This is your way of being a part of something bigger to get this amazing information out into the world to help people as they, they face cancer, diagnosis, healing and recovery, and all of the things. And this is a free free, you guys, wealth of information from experts around the world. And as you heard the doctor mentioned, um, also people who have walked that journey and can share the stories and be somewhat like a mentor to you if this is your journey that you're about to head into. So don't miss this opportunity to get this great information and support something that the world needs right now. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for sharing all of this information. I cannot think of a better way to wrap up October on the She's Invincible podcast as we have featured many, many stories of cancer. And I feel like this was just perfect to be able to wrap this up. You know, it's one thing to talk about it, but it's a whole other thing to give people steps and knowledge and information and give them power that they can take and use so that they know and they don't have to be fearful and they can be more prepared in case this should touch them or one of their loved ones. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And before we wrap up, we have two quick questions for you. We want you to finish this sentence. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's see Let's what you do it. Me. Okay. The first one is the world would be a better place if more people knew. I would say that we are all connected. Uh, I, I think it's uh, people are thinking that they're isolated. And if they all knew how connected we are as, as individuals, I mean, uh, a, a favorite author and, and doctor uh, of mine is, is uh, Dr. Amit Goswami. Uh, and I, I had the opportunity to interview him on my radio show and, and also uh, a Nobel Prize nominee, uh, Irvin Laszlo. And, and it, it's talking about how we, one individual cannot separate themselves from another. And I think if we think in that fa fashion, we will behave differently uh, and our health will be differently and uh, we would take care of each other differently. 
That is so beautiful. I love that. Okay. And the next one is the book that changed my life is? I, I would actually have to go back to when I was a teenager. I wrote or I read the book, Jonathan Livingston Seagull uh, by Richard Bach. That uh, I don't know how many times I read. I mean, it's a quick read. It's really, really fast. Uh, but those principles really uh, changed my mind and, and changed how I view things. And, and it was done in, in such a simple, straightforward way. And each time I read it, it it's like it, it got deeper and deeper you know, every time I read it. So uh, I would say that that is a book. Is, is a, it's, um, it's a book that's really dear to my heart. I love it. And any final parting words to give to our listeners today before we sign off? Well, and, and I'm just going to follow up to what you said. I mean, uh, all of you go go to my go and listen to the podcast. And when you uh, subscribe and re- you review, what happens is that it becomes more visible to other people that really need the information. So it's actually a way for you to allow this podcast to become even more visible. And uh, at the first episode, we're going to launch the first eight episodes all at once. And they're just short episodes. They're easy to digest, like six to eight minutes. And in that, I have challenged each, uh, each interviewee, each person I interview that has uh, face cancer and beat cancer and asking them, what is the one thing that is the, the most important advice that they would give to somebody that is diagnosed with cancer? Yeah, and and so you get that answer, and these eight different people, obviously, they're answering, they're saying eight different things. But I think that is it's easy to digest. So I would suggest all of you just kind of scroll through it because you know that at some point, somebody in your life is going to be touched by cancer. So to be able to have that wisdom and have that knowledge, and to be able to to kind of start their direction and and what they need to do. Uh, it's it's huge, so I'm I'm really excited about it, and and also I'm giving away a what's called a, a health menu, you know, where uh, I'm I'm having it for all uh, all the people on my my Facebook page, and and you can actually email me the uh, uh, so you can go on my website you now com and just email a uh, um, a screenshot of you reviewing. And I will respond by emailing you the, the health menu. And what that is, is that, uh, and this was about 25 years ago that I put this together. So it's one of those things that I found in a box and I looked at it and said, this is really awesome. This is really good. You know, people, it, it can't be in a box. And what it is, is that, you know, there are certain foods that support very specific areas of the body. So let's say, for instance, that you want to support your kidneys. Well, what foods should you eat to support your kidneys or your liver or your immune system? Or how about if you're dealing with hormonal issues? You know, maybe you want to support your pituitary, your thyroid. What foods should you eat? So here you get then a, a menu of the different foods that are targeted for these specific organs. And you get that for free. And, and I tell you, it, it took a long time for me to put that together. And, and it's really cool information. Yes. I can't wait to get mine. To be honest, I saw your video that you did and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go right on there. So as soon as we're done here, I'm going over there. So thank you again, a million thank yous uh, to, to 
you and to everyone who is contributing to your podcast and um, and to our listeners, because I know that they're going to support you as well. And so I appreciate that. Thanks for being here. And to our listeners today, I don't know where you are in your life or your health or your business, but if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl, get back up. You can do it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.